Welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by thelines.com. Coming to you from the West Coast, Josh Lander, joined as always by Nate Weitzer on the East Coast. And we are looking at game one of the 2023 NBA Finals here. This is our best bets video. We've also got a player props one up, so make sure to like and subscribe to that page. Should also mention we do have our future series prices up as well. Some stuff we're looking at in there, so follow along for that one. Uh, also head to thelines.com. You can check out all the great written content we're putting up on the site and use the odds finder tool that we have up there to shop those lines. Make sure you're getting the best juice available to you on all these bets you're making in the NBA Finals here. Nate, let's not uh, waste any time and jump right into why you think there's going to be less than 219 points scored in game one. Well, it's a pretty big change from the end of that Heat Celtics series where the total was 203 in the last game and it did go under. And so, I mean, Denver is a much more capable offensive team and they're going to be harder to deal with than Miami, at least from a X's and O's standpoint. Like Miami can't zone them up that much. They can't. Nobody can deal with Jokic. Denver goes off at home all the time, but with eight days off, there's going to be an element of rust at least for a quarter or two. I don't know if it'll be the first quarter. I don't know, second quarter, maybe third, fourth. You know, at some point, Denver's going to sputter a little bit. I don't think they're just going to be firing on all cylinders after this huge layoff. Miami's defense, while, you know, you credit, you give some excuses to Boston for Tatum spraining his ankle for Brogdon being out, whatever, like that was just a lights out glued together performance to close out that series. And really the last few games of that series, they were excellent defensively, just in terms of discipline and scheme. And, um, you know, I, but offensively I am looking for Miami to regress shooting a league, a league high 39% from three the, in these playoffs, whereas they were what, like 24th in, in three point percentage all season. Um, they shot 32% in losses from deep. Uh, So Denver is the number one three-point defense at home versus 14th on the road. Denver also has the lowest turnover rate in these playoffs, and that's where Miami scores the most of their points on the road. And 19% of them are coming off turnovers. That's the highest (coughs) in these playoffs. Excuse me. (coughs) Nuggets, Lakers, the last three games, you know, after both, after that game one went over and Josh called it, Last three games slowed down a bit, 96 pace, average 217, uh, but, you know, that's not necessarily heat ball. The Heat will have played at a 93 pace since that Knicks series started, a 91 pace in the last three against the Celtics. Those games have averaged 210. The fact that they've gone over in five straight regular season meetings means absolute jack to me. That is classic Miami Heat. Ball misleading to say, like, you know, they had at least one key guy out for probably all of those games. Never really gave it the full shake. Um, You know, but let's look at the Miami Heat in the finals again. Five of their six games against the Lakers were 219 or lower. Four of the six games went under. Game one, they only scored 98 points. It was a 92 pace. The Heat... Is nine and eight to the under on a rest disadvantage. Denver twelve and two to the under on rest advantage. Also twenty seven and twenty one at home in terms of their under. So the fact that Denver scores more uh, is very notable all season. The home road splits, but the defense is just the same uh, in terms of how much better it is at home versus on the road. So I don't really think Miami wants to get into an up and down game. I think they have the right strategy to play that slower and to keep it slower uh, and try to muck it up because yeah, they want to drag you into the mud. 
They want it to be close in the fourth quarter where they can use their clutch chops to try to steal a game, and that's what they've done at every turn so far in these playoffs is steal game one on the road. So I'm not even necessarily disagreeing with you, but I, I wouldn't – I'm playing a different bet that I wouldn't really be able to play yours with <laughs> as my first bet, which is actually Denver to get their team total. And I'm just doing this for game one because it's high for uh, NBA finals for, for this point in the season uh, at 114 and a half for them. It is good uh, value on FanDuel at minus 105 for that to happen. Um, I just think they're going to do what they've done in game one at home in three different scenarios and three different series so far um, where they've just pushed the pace. They Three. Well, the first game against Minnesota, pace, they, pace. they yes, yes. Yeah, you know, like they had 87 points in the third quarter um, and then they didn't have to play anybody in the fourth and then they only dropped 22. Uh, they came out slow a, a bit in the first quarter of that of that game against Minnesota. They still ended up uh, winning the quarter uh, by a bunch and, and already having the game in lock, even though the first like four minutes was kind of gross. And then after that, they were just like, wait, and put them away uh, by the end of the first quarter and solidified it at the end of the second, um, which is why, you know, even when they scored like they scored 32 points in the third quarter of that game one because they were just like, let's get off the floor but I, I just don't see that being the case I think they keep pushing it and keep pushing it uh the way that they have like I said at home they played a little bit of a faster pace in general uh they scored 19 fast break points per game at home in this playoffs that's a lot of fast break points like if a team gets like 15 fast break points we're like wow that was a lot of fast break points and they're averaging 19 in the playoffs uh at home uh, on the road 13 uh, fast break points. So obviously playing at a much faster pace, especially in these game ones, 13, three pointers on 40% at home versus 11 on 36 on the road. So Miami's defense just also, it really lends itself to, to this being a good bet where they allow 10 more points per game on the road than at home in these playoffs, 112 uh, at home, uh, excuse me, on the road in these playoffs, like I said. But uh, when you play also teams like uh, the, the New York Knicks in a series, that does help your point total there a lot on defense. Their opponent field goal percentage on the road is 48%, way higher than the 43 at home. Uh, they're allowing more threes. They're getting uh, way, they're allowing way more points off turnovers on the road as well, which I think is something Denver will take advantage of. They'll get those, uh, they'll get the, uh, the turnovers that Miami will give them or the missed threes that I think are going to be coming as well for Miami that we'll see a lot more of in this game one um, and then they'll get out and transition and go, go, go. So in the last two game ones, right, it was 132 points and 125 points, uh, 125 versus Phoenix in game one and 30, 132 versus LA in that game one. So like I said, that Minnesota one, uh, I'm, de I'm definitely discounting it a bit, but look, I'm not even hating on your bet. Uh, I just couldn't do it because I, I do think it, it. I might even I would consider taking like eight points. I took Denver at minus seven, uh, but like three days ago, uh, and and was just like I'm pretty sure that's going to go up and it's at eight and eight and a half now nine on some books so I like I'm fine with the seven points I got it at uh for to start with playing playing hedge, you know playing to get ahead of that essentially so uh I'm just doing this for game one we'll see even if they did score 121 in this game or something like that and had an incredible offensive game against the heat in game one I don't know that I would just go back to the well in game two or anything like that I just think this is a, a sort of right moment for this opportunity it's what it looks like right based on the sample size of three series on each side is we've seen Miami win these games and win them high scoring in game one. We've seen Denver do the same, basically, uh, except for that Minnesota series where they did have extra rest and they came out and played absolutely elite defense, um, granted, against a team without the same cohesion, but with some more talented, I mean, players I, I, to a degree. I mean, <clears throat> look, I the, both these bets can hit. We've talked about if it was 116.98, like it was the last time that he had game one in the finals. That would both hit. I think what you want here, though, 
it may be is is Denver money line plus the over as the correlation to say like they're comfortable in that type of game. That's how they played at home. And the other team is just like, look, you just can't keep up with us. We process too fast. We're too deep and we're too good. Um, so I, I'm on board with that. And I mean, it's kind of the same game theory as my second bet, which is again, the under, but this time with the heat to cover nine, which is a, a large, large spread. I mean, maybe this is just coming from a Celtics team that says, how did we not say game seven, Miami plus eight and a half? Like, like they're just going to fade away. And that was my fault saying like most teams would be dejected after that game six tip in. Well, like the, the heat, you know, not most teams, most teams would be exhausted after having played game seven and say, you know what, we're just happy to be here. Like we're going to lose game one, whatever. We'll try to steal game two. Look, stop doubting this group. Like they're going to, they're going to find a way to be in the game. I think if the, if the game goes under two nineteen. I have a hard time thinking Denver's going to win by double digits and, and and hold Miami down that much. I talked about the clutch numbers. Miami six and four on the road with only a plus one net rating in those games. So Denver actually, you like you said, like they have open series strong, and so you might look for that trend to continue. Like they're going to get one twenty, and then it'll slow down, and then the adjustments will start. But I think this is a weird situation with the rest discrepancy uh, with the way the Heat can kind of throw things at you that Denver might need a minute to recalibrate other than Jokic and and to to process things because Jokic just processes everything on the fly and figures it out immediately. Uh, But maybe we won't see the same. But either way, they have gone under in three of their last four at home, pace under 95 in these playoffs. Um, And like I said, the defense is just as good. Both these teams are excellent defensive clutch. Uh, so I'm just looking for some but some element of a feeling out phase here in game one that will help us stay close and stay under. I mean, it's fair. Um, I, I'm like, like I said, I took Denver minus seven. I'm not going to like get cute and play around with it and take these weird margins for the heat at this point. Um, but, you know, I, 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 agree, I understand that you should not doubt the heat. And, and that's the thing is like, I'm just going to continue to in this one sort of play it in a way where I'm like, I know the heat can surprise me. I know that they're the team most capable of doing something that I'm not expecting, but I still have to do what I think is going to happen and bet on it the way that I think it's going to happen. Um, and, and I do think that, you know, the heat to cover nine is fine, but I, I'm riding, I'm already riding with Denver in such a strong way. Uh, and partly, you know, I think that's because I think of the way they're going to come out, which is the final bet it, uh, about quarter one and just trying to find some ways to play it. Like you could just simplify this and play it at Denver minus three. They're winning by an average of three and a half points per, per game in the first quarter uh, in these playoffs. So like they are a very, very good first quarter team. I think they've only lost three first quarters uh, of all 15 games that they played in these playoffs at this point. So like they're an incredible first quarter team um, and the juice is whatever it's normal, like minus minus one ten, one fifteen, wherever you want to find it for them to win the first quarter by three points or more. Uh, well, more than three points, but um, I'm going to kind of look around at like the way that you can get the winning margins for them, especially on DraftKings, where they give you some pretty nice odds. So basically, you know, Denver to win the first quarter by one to three is plus 450. Denver to win by four to six points in the first quarter is plus 450. And Denver to win by seven to nine points is plus 550. So I think if you take all three of those, if either of the 450 bets hit, you're at plus 150 on your money. 
if the 550 bet hits, you're at plus 250 on your money there. And just a way to juice up that they will be winning by the end of this first quarter. But obviously, we need the heat to stick around enough to not be getting blown out by double digits at the end of the first. And I think we both think that they have enough pride and ability to do that. So um, and maybe you even think about Jimmy Butler being the one to kind of keep him going in that first quarter, uh, the way that he did in the first quarter of this game seven as well, where he was like, I'm coming out and I'm making a statement. And that's what he does at the beginning of series as well. So I think there's some good, I you know, I'm hoping Jimmy keeps us closer than double digits in the first quarter. Cause I do see the, the, the nuggets coming out firing. Like I think they come out like a well-oiled machine. Um, they dropped the 30 points that they've been averaging in the first quarter of these playoffs. Uh, and like I said, they've only been giving up 26 and a half. Then you got Miami at 27 and 27 points per game allowed in, and scoring. Um, so I think, you know, they're, they're coming out a little bit slow at times The heat, you know, and, and needing um, obviously the second quarter is where they're a little bit worse and they, they really do well in that third quarter. But I think this first quarter is going to just be an opportunity for them to just show a little bit of their tired legs, show that the, you know, the nuggets come out super fresh and super prepared for this um, and, and take advantage of the fact that like Jimmy Bam and Caleb Martin all played 42, at least 42 minutes in the last two games of that series. You really think they're going to come out like I agree because I don't think Denver can be up 10 plus points. I don't think they can be that sharp after not playing for this long. Like it's it's just that's that's an absurd amount of rest. And I think the lack of rest for Miami is probably blown out of proportion. Like despite playing a seven game series, you have two two plus days off. You have three full days before you play this game. Like they are professional athletes. They They should be fine. Also, the altitude at Denver is blown out of proportion to a degree. Like Miami, I think will be fine. I think they'll be within single digits. But I, I, I like this bet because I think Denver will probably be leading after one. Uh, I don't think the rust will be that bad that they're not able to to hold the lead. Just the way Joker is is such a stabilizing force on offense. Yep, for sure. Uh, and I didn't find a, a Denver to be winning by one to ten bet. That like if you could get for two to one on your money is probably more worth it than getting all fancy with three bets of, of winning margins, right? For them, at that point, it's it's if it's two, if you can find it for two to one somewhere for them to be winning by one to ten points, you also get the extra point there that from all the bets that I talked about, I just haven't seen it. Not sure it'll be available, but that would be a preferred way to play it, which is a bet we've seen before. So, you're listening to the Lines.com Podcast Network. Looking for the latest player props and the best betting odds from the top U.S. sportsbooks all in one place? Then join us right here every day this season for free picks and best bets from the sports betting experts you can trust. Check out the Lines.com NFL Megapod as Matt Brown, Stephen Andrus, and Adam Candy break down every game for this weekend's football slate. Join the Coast to Coast podcast crew Mondays through Fridays as Nate Weitzer and Josh Lander bring you the best player props and game lines for Major League Baseball, the NBA, and the NFL. And tune in to Beat the Closing Line twice a week as Nicole Russo, Mo Nawara, and Eli Hershkovich dive into NFL opening lines, plus special guests from the sports betting world. So subscribe, rate, and review to the Lines Podcast Network, the source you can trust to make you a better sports better. Bet basketball, baseball, or hockey with a risk-free bet up to $600 at BetMGM. Sign up and use bonus code THELINES and you're on your way with the king of sportsbooks. Get the BetMGM app today and use promo code THELINES to make a risk-free bet up to $600. This is a new customer offer. Paid in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years or older to wager. Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia only. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem. Call one 800 5 
522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, and Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. And 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. In Tennessee, call or text the red line at 800-889-9789. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. Nate, let's jump right into your first NBA play a prop for this series. Yeah, we did well last series thanks to the the real MVP, Caleb Martin. Uh, but I'm going with a guy who we thought we had left for dead, Kyle Lowry, to get four assists is plus money. And I'm not I'm actually just not even gonna add the point and deal with the points here at seven and a half, which is pretty low. But look, when he's out there, he's getting about 25 minutes per game. He's looking to be a playmaker. At this point, he's not necessarily a guy you can rely on to score. His minutes might go up a little bit if Gabe Vincent continues to hobble because uh, he was not very effective in Game 7, and then Lowry was able to step up with 7-7-5. Seven, seven, and five. Even when Lowry has been bad offensively and turning the ball over and missing a ton of shots, I mean, he averaged four assists per game against Boston, a, a, you know, a team that's harder to get dimes against than Denver, who's given up like 28 per game in these playoffs. Um, in the playoffs, Lowry with his 25 minutes is turning it into 4.3 assists. And, you know, the thing is he averages, his assist rate is 23 and a half percent this season in the playoffs, which is the same as the regular season. The last two regular seasons, he had a much higher assist rate. He was a 30% guy getting a third of his team's assists in the regular season. But then in the playoffs, again, dropped to 23-ish percent. So my point is like, He's still around the same level as a playmaker, as a pick and roll guy who can make the right decision, a veteran with a ton of playoff experiences as a 64th playoff road game. So I trust him to come off the bench and get some dimes here. Since he came off the bench, basically post all-star break, he was actually much more efficient as a player, 124 offensive rating, but lower usage. Again, looking to dime more, four and a half assists per game. He actually averaged five and a half assists when he played the Western Conference this season and and just over five when he had two plus days rest. So I do think he'll be able to carry over from game seven and get you at least four dimes is pretty low prop for a guy who's looking to dish all the time. Yeah, I I, I, I dig it for sure. Um, and, and he usually plays pretty well in these game ones uh, in the playoffs so far. He's he's gotten three, three and six assists in these game ones, but he's playing uh, close to 20 or more minutes uh, in each of those 19 and in one of them, but then 30 minutes versus uh, New York in game one, 28 minutes versus Boston in game one. And then you see what happens in game two. He plays fewer minutes uh, usually in the next game. It's like, it's, I don't know. He's just kind of old. Uh, you can't kill him though. You cannot kill Kyle Lowry. He will be around forever. Um, the three and a half assists is a little bit high. I, I would love it at three, but you do get the juice for it. Like you're saying, um, I actually would consider adding the points to be honest. I, I, I think the minutes that he's like to get in a game one like this on the road, especially where they played all their game ones. And that might be another big reason is like, this is a veteran coming out, getting minutes in a, in a situation where he's on the road and other guys like Gabe Vincent was one guy that I thought the moment looked a 
little bit big for in game seven. Uh, maybe there were some ankle issues there as well, but that only adds to, to what we're saying here uh, that, that Lowry is a good guy to kind of target in some way for this game one. So I, like I said, I would add the points actually. I think he'll be out there and he's going to shoot when he is out there. Cause that's what he does. Uh, but he'll definitely be looking for the dimes as well. So I'm going to uh, go with a guy who I'm ready for a big series from, and that's Aaron Gordon. I think he's going to have a really nice series. And I, I think the biggest reason is because Caleb Martin is, the power forward for the Miami Heat, even though he's like at best a small forward and probably a shooting guard. Um, Aaron Gordon to get five and a half boards is really good money. Uh, this isn't correct. He's uh, five and a half on DraftKings is minus 110. Uh, I'm putting a unit and a half on it for this game one. Like I said, I love Caleb Martin. I think we all do. But he is six foot five, two hundred and five pounds. Aaron Gordon is six foot eight, two hundred and thirty-five pounds, and just sort of known as one of the strongest dudes in the league as well. There's a great clip of LeBron boxing him out when they're playing Denver, and he like boxes out Aaron Gordon. He's like, uh-uh, you're not the only dude in the league who lifts. Like other dudes get in the gym too, because he's just known as that big and strong. I think this is an opportunity for him to play off a of Joker, cut to the basket, and be covered while covered cutting to the basket. But as long as it's thrown high enough, he's going to be the only guy that can go and get it because he's as tall as Bam. Basically like Bam is basically six, nine um, and, and basically the same height as this dude. And, and right. And there's plenty of other guys on, on uh, Denver known as like Jokic that Bam has to guard. So there's just nobody for Aaron Gordon at this point. There's just, there's nobody. We talked about it with Michael Porter jr. As well. He's going to be able to shoot over everybody. Aaron Gordon's going to be able to jump over everybody around the rim. Um, and as he cuts to it, and I think he'll be, playing a lot closer to the basket as a result than he was in those in those uh LA games where he's guarding LeBron all over the floor face guarding him and that's all he's worried about now he was the main defender on Jimmy Butler and that was the only thing that put a little bit of fear in me for a minute but I'm pretty sure KCP is going to be spending a lot more time on Jimmy Butler than anybody else at this point uh he's about six foot five as well and definitely big enough to at least handle Jimmy maybe there'll be some help when he gets down in the post but like that's where Joker's going to be standing. Even if Bam's standing at the foul line, Joker's not going to be far away from that rim to, to help out as good of a help defender as he is, which isn't great. Like at least there's somebody else tall down there to bother Jimmy's shot. I think the point is, is that like, even if, if Aaron Gordon is spending some time on Jimmy, like I just expect him to get be closer to the rim for most of this game. Uh, before the Denver, uh, before the LA series, he was averaging six boards per game and had gotten at least six boards in nine of the first 11 games uh, of uh, that Denver played against the first, in the first two series, averaging more than six. So uh, I just think this is a good opportunity to get it at six rebounds at minus 110. I think if he gets six or seven the odds drop for the next game and, and it's not going to get that much better it'll probably fluctuate around this but i think this is a good opportunity to keep uh, to jump on on aaron gordon yeah i'm on board with the rebounds for sure um miami as, as i said expect to, to regress a little bit three-point shooting we don't necessarily know what to expect from their offense we know denver's been great defensively at home um uh, only reason i didn't go for it is because i tried to hit ag's rebounds at the same price and it happened to be the game he got benched uh, down the stretch, I think against the Lakers because Jeff Green was playing so well. So yeah. I've soured on it since then. But even if I like the rebounds, I don't like him to score that much because I do think Miami does a much better job of being disciplined on back cuts. That's where he gets a high percentage of his points that I don't think they're going to let the Joker dice them up from the elbow and get it down to Gordon. So what I like is Bam to score five more points than Gordon. Half unit if you want. And I would put a full unit on Bam to score 17 which is a minus 105, slightly better odds than the head-to-head bet there, Bam minus 4.5. But I'm looking for Bam to be really aggressive on offense throughout this series. It's what he's done when he's gone head-to-head with Joker in the regular season. 
He's averaging 18 and a half points per game in six, but lately, the last three, he's averaged nearly 22 a game with a 30% usage rate. <clears throat> and that's with Jimmy getting 20 a game on a 23% usage rate because he's dealing with Aaron Gordon and KCP, two guys who are really good matchups for Jimmy Butler, to be frank. Uh, I don't think he can necessarily dominate this series from that perspective. I know he dominated Drew Holiday in the first series of this of this playoffs, but <clears throat> look, I, I just expect Miami to try to make Joker work as much as possible to maybe hopefully get him into foul trouble. That's probably their best path to victory. Uh, and for Bam to be that aggressive guy, in the, on the road in these playoffs, he has been more aggressive, 18 points per game versus 15 and a half at home higher usage rate, shooting a higher percentage from the floor. <clears throat> and AG, you know, when he's asked to focus on defense more, he's averaging 13 points per game on 15% usage in these playoffs, which is not that high in general. <clears throat> but the last four against Phoenix, when he was really being tasked with like slow those guys down, like he might be with Jimmy, play more defense, nine and a half points per game. So, I mean, that's just not going to sniff where I think Bam is, where his prop is at 16 and I think Bam can get 18 here if Miami's going to be competitive. <clears throat> wow. Wow, wow. I just, I'm just not targeting Gordon's points the way you are. I mean, I don't have uh, strong reasoning to, to oppose that. I like the matchup for Gordon, and his is only at like 11 and a half, right? Um, which is probably where it'll be a lot <laughs> in this series. It's about what he's averaged against this team. I, I, I Just putting money on Bam to score points is what scares me. Maybe he will. Obviously, he only had 12 in that last game seven, but that's a different story than than a game one. So I, I'm not going to like, I really don't have much of an opinion on it, mostly because I'm just, I would be more scared to fade Gordon. But I think you have solid logic uh, and, and the understanding of why Bam will score. So if you're expecting close to a 20 point game from Bam, um, that also is a pretty solid alternate little sprinkle if you want uh, for Bam to get around the, those many points. But I understand you're also stronger on fading Gordon, right? No, I'm going full unit on Bam's points and then half a unit on him to outscore Gordon by five uh, because okay. I do think there is there is more variance on that AG thing. But okay. you like the matchup. <clears throat> you don't know if Caleb Barton's going to start a power forward again, though. Like we, Miami might adjust if they don't like that matchup. It's a good it's a good point. I'm not sure if you were purposely segueing to my last pick, <laughs> but it was a good point. Um, and it does segue into uh, Caleb Martin points, rebounds and assists, baby. Minus 120. Bet MGM. Love the guy. Plus 3,800 before game seven for him to win the MVP of that last series. Jimmy Butler scores nine big points at the end of the game seven to pad those stats. I don't know if that's really what put him over the top. Uh, and it was such a close vote. No disrespect to Jimmy. Uh, it's just a further indication that like if one of these teams, whichever team wins, their best player is winning MVP because they are the sun around which everything you know uh, rotates. So there's just no way another player, the other players get their sort of value sucked away by the fact that Jimmy and Joker are seen as the sun of their team, right? So, but that doesn't matter because Caleb Martin is at least the third best player uh, and at times the second, and that time was the best player on the Heat uh, throughout these playoffs. And he's at 24 and a half PRA. And this bet is predicated on him starting Nate because in the games that he started is when he gets 41 plus minutes. I suppose there's a world where even if he does not start, um, he's just sort of asserted himself and inserted himself into the most important lineups of the game at the most important time. So he's going to get 41 minutes like he did at least in the last two, including 45 in that game seven, where he was just filthy in that first half. Uh, and throughout the game, he just never stopped. I'm going to believe in it. Like, 
I think we all were just sort of assuming this is a guy playing above his pay grade for a while. And sometimes guys mm-hmm. step up in the playoffs and maybe next year he won't be this good, but he's playing with confidence. Like basically, let me put it this way. When he hit a turnaround, uh, a step back, turnaround fadeaway Jay from like 17 feet away, like calm and collected. Like he was Kobe Bryant. I was like, okay, this is different. This isn't just like an athletic big guard getting to the rim and hitting a few threes because he's hot right now. This is a dude that has like a all around game. Uh, and we've just been missing it for whatever reason. There'll be time to break that down. But in the t- last two games where he has gotten at least 40 minutes, we're talking about 26 and 21 points, 10 boards and 15 boards, and then like averaging two assists in there as well, a steal a game. I mean, the hot shooting is like bananas. But even in the game, you know, where he's at, he shot 69% nice in that last game seven uh 54 from the field and then look i mean what he's shooting from three as well in the playoffs overall 44 percent. he's had a number of games where he's played less than 30 minutes but that has not happened since the boston series where in that first game he came out firing in 30 minutes at 22 pra um and then in game two came out with 32 minutes and had 29 pra so he just he basically got the pra every time he got 35 minutes except for once in this in that boston series uh out of all those seven games so like just once you play the man he, he gives he gives you what you need uh and 24 and a half pra it's getting high i mean the points are at 16 and a half um i probably shouldn't be as scared of those as i am but i am um and the points rebounds and assists i like because i believe in his 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 minutes and his usage and the fact that at this point like he's definitely the third best rebounder on this team after jimmy and bam that's why he's playing power forward yeah and he should play a lot of small forward if if miami mixes and matches to try to get more size out there he's earned the playing time and, yeah, you said he has an all-around game. I mean, let me tell you something. that Everybody on the NBA bench has a bag, has something that they can pull out. If you were to play one-on-one, I remember hearing a story about somebody playing Scalabrini when he's 40 and just the amount of moves he has to pull out of his, his bag when he's playing in rec league. Like, yeah. you don't even know how much these guys can do. It's just a matter of opportunity and confidence. And, and Caleb Martin has gotten both – in spades here the last couple series uh you know you see the assistant coaches screaming in his ear like you're the best fucking player on this floor right now and (laughs) and he's acting that way so i i do think it can carry over uh in game one to a degree denver's not very good defending that position if he is playing small forward um and he's a little too quick for gordon you say like he might not be big enough to box him out well can ag deal with him on the on that uh you know kick and rip as they they've gotten him going on so much uh I, I don't know. It's a great question. I, I kind of feel like we're going to see MPJ on him, to be honest. Um, I, I like. I think he's actually proved his mettle a bit on defense. I think he's a better matchup for his with his quickness and size to guard Caleb Martin. But like nobody is a good matchup for Caleb Martin right now. I know we're joking, but until he proves us, like I'm semi joking only because it's like he came out of nowhere and now we are talking about him like the second coming of Kobe. Uh, but like he's proving himself, man. And even if it is just like a he's like. Just he 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 it resembles Jimmy Butler's chutzpah. Like he's got the same fu to him that Jimmy has, and like you said, that confidence man is sky high, and that is like seventy percent of being good at basketball. Uh, to the points you were making as well. Shout out Scal and all of his footwork. But that is all the time we have in our play. Our props here for Game One. Make sure to like and subscribe to that page, and continue to follow along. Check out the best bets. Check out the series uh, prices and futures that we talked about as well in a separate video. And until we see you next. Happy betting.